Hi, I'm Ariana. And I'm Kaylee. And welcome back to the Unproblematic Podcast. This podcast is about two 20-something Midwest friends who have a lot to say. This podcast talks about life, college, travel, feminism, social justice, relationships, and of course, literature and writing. So come join us on our podcasting journey. In this episode of Unproblematic, we will be learning about the dating scene during the 1950s, thanks to our special guest, BB, our favorite guest to have on the show, um, and we will be talking about relationship struggles and, and choice, I'm thinking, too. Probably some positive aspects as well. Um, so moving into our current reads and watches, Ariana, what are you reading and watching right now? Okay, so, I mean, I'm always watching the same thing, so it's Criminal Minds, but I'm now on season nine, um, but I'm reading, I, well, actually, I'm not reading anymore, I just finished it, but I, I just finished Ties That Tether by Jane Igharo, and I'm listening to Transcendent Kingdom on um, audiobook by Ya Gyasi, but I'm not that far into it to talk enough about it, but Ties at Tether was quite interesting. It was labeled as um, a romantic, like a romance book, but it was more focused on struggles that people face in relationships when it involves two people from two different cultures. So it takes place in Canada and it's about um, a Nigerian Canadian and her struggles of trying to keep a relationship with a man who is white, and like, but he's also from Spain. So it was quite interesting. It was a really cute read. Um, and it was something new. I haven't read a book like that before. Kaylee, what are you reading? So I just finished these two books actually today. Um, one of them is Swing Time by Zadie Smith. And that is about uh, two girls who grow up in London together. And then they kind of... Um, they grow apart and then they grow back together and it's about their lives where it takes them and that was really interesting and Zadie Smith is one of my favorite writers so I always love reading anything she writes and then I also just finished writing Degree Zero by Roland Barthes which is about a literary voice and criticism and the history of literature and so I'm probably going to read that one again because I like it it was really powerful and it's short but like it's very dense so I'm probably going to read it again to um, kind of go over and dissect everything I read. Uh, so that was really good. And then I'm watching right now Pretend It's a City with Fran Lebowitz. Um, she's like this older comedian and writer. She's one of those like New York or nowhere people where she like will not live or even leave New York unless she absolutely has to. Um, but that is that is super funny. I, I want to be Fran Lebowitz when I grow up. But yeah. <laughs> Um, BB, what are you reading and watching right now? Well, my reading really has been kind of directed. Um, right now, I'm reading uh, a book by Isabel Wilkerson, Wilkerson called Cast, a fascinating book. Uh, Isabel is the one who wrote, um, oh, what was the name of the book, Ariana? I gave, you, I gave the it to you. The Warmth of Other Suns. Yeah, The Warmth of Other Suns, about the Great mi Migration from the South to the North. And interestingly enough, there's now, um, there are now articles coming out that suggest that there should be now a remigration back South. And I think some of that may be happening, but that's still to be seen. At any rate, um, her book is fascinating. Um, 
And she doesn't talk really so much about race as she talks about how the system in the United States and some other countries, including India and um, another country she mentions, have caste systems which are so structured and embedded in how people see themselves that they can't move. And we've always claimed and, and we study um, the system in the United States is class and class is movable. You know, you can move from one class to another. But in this case, you really can't. Even if you advance, people don't want you there. You know, they don't want you in a, a, a higher position than you've been before. It's really a fascinating book and a lot to think about. Uh, I haven't completely uh, absorbed all of it yet. Uh, and it's one of those books that I'll go back and reread, really, again. Uh, and I'm waiting to read Obama, The Promised Land, or A Promised Land. I have it. And I gave it to Ariana for Christmas. Yes, she did. She's probably not going to read it for a while. It's near the top of my list, but <laughs> it's not at the top yet. Yeah. So I have a few more books to read before that. <clears throat> well, it's the very next book I'm going to read. So those are the two things on my mind. And, and the reason, really that I'm so interested in, oh, and I've been reading, what's that other book? Why, why it is so difficult for whites to talk about race. Because so much is going on in Midland now and the school system is really having a hard time. Um, they have a diversity plan, but they're not quite sure how they're gonna go about it. And they just hired uh, Ariana, a young man from Grand Rapids. Hmm who is going to be the diversity director. Um, Hogan is his name, DJ Hogan. Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to meet him. And um, it's interesting that I, I mean, I got in on the ground floor just because I wrote this, this book some time ago and everybody wants a copy now and wants to read it uh, to find out how Midland was in the 1960s. <laughs> so, so I'm in demand, Kaylee. <laughs> what going back to what you were reading cast did, which book did you like or did you like the most or enjoy the most cast or the warmth of other sons oh they're two different books and mm -hmm. i enjoyed them both i really did you can't really compare them mm -mm. Okay. no this woman is a wonderful writer she really is i think she wrote for the new york times and the times magazine for a long time but but she does her research and um, she documents everything and her perspective is broader than just one concept. You know, she looks at how caste affects governments and people and, and um, esteem that people have for each other and what they can do and what they can't do and how they behave and how they look. It's 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 just a fascinating book, but it makes a lot of sense. It really makes a lot of sense to me. So, you know, it, it kind of articulates with me. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed those. I, I definitely want to put cast on my list. How about you, uh, Kaylee? Yeah, I um, it's it's on my list as well. But yeah, I've well, you guys read it. I'd I'd love to listen to your discussion about it. There's some books that you want to listen to on on like audiobook, and I wonder if 
Isabel narrates the book herself because I haven't seen it narrated. I wonder how that would be because it like it, it the warmth of other suns like follows multiple families and I wonder if like you use different voices for different families and I think that'd be like a very interesting storytelling. Um, but yeah, so you know we want to get into segment two, the juicy stuff. So, BB, we have some questions for you. Um, first, we would like to ask, like, how long have you been married? In February, we will have been married 62 years. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That is a long time. It is. <laughs> <coughs> Congratulations, BB. Um, so who, well, how long did you date Poppy before you guys got married? Well, let me, let me go back a little bit because dating, um, dating for me started in high school. Um, and it was a very different situation because my father was very strict and he really didn't want me to date. He didn't trust the boys in high school that I went out with, but I had several boyfriends in high school. And we did things together for fun, you know, like we went, we skated at the skating rink. Uh, we would sometimes go to movies. Now, my dad didn't know about any of this. I just went to the movies and met, met my friend there. Uh, or I took my skates and went to the park and everybody was there. And so I got to see him there. Um, but while we were, it was called then going steady. Okay. Cause you only had one boyfriend at a time. Other boys were always trying to cut in, you know? Uh, and I do remember this one guy, we called him Hawk, uh, but his name was John Hawkins. It was the time of the Korean war. And um, Hawk had a real crush on me. I knew that. And he, want, he was going off to war when he graduated. He was two grades ahead of me. He was a senior and I was a sophomore. And he wanted me to write him. And I said I would. Well, Hawk hadn't been in service three months before he was sent to the front. And he was killed. Uh, and, you know, it was kind of sad because he couldn't have been more than 19, 18, 19 years old. Uh, so it's kind of sobering, you know, mm -hmm. to think about somebody that you've gone to school with and it's been fun because it was really all about enjoying each other and having fun. Um, we weren't anywhere close to, at least I wasn't. There were some others who might have been, but I was nowhere close to wanting to be married because I knew, knew I wanted to go to college. So. For me, it was just getting to know guys and, and having fun. Now, take me uh, six months longer, uh, and I entered Hampton Institute as a freshman. And they had a ceremony that all freshmen went through. You had to plait your hair in two plaits and put little green um, bows on them. And if you guys don't know what plaits are, they're just braids. Yeah, braids, braids. We called them plaits. So, you know, you did that and they had little green beanies, little caps for you to wear. So everybody would know that you were in your first year. 
Well, freshmen knew that during those first hazing weeks, you were going to get teased a lot. And, you know, it was going to be, um, you just might as well be ready for it. But afterwards, after that week, Hampton was really a very warm place to be. I mean, people were friendly. It, they called it the Hampton family, and it was, you know, because people got close to each other. Well, anyway, they were having a football game. And I was going to the game with several girls from my dormitory. We lived in dorms. Uh, nothing like the dorms you guys had at Saginaw Valley. Um, our dorms, you had a room and you had a roommate. So there were two people in my room and you lived on halls or corridors. Uh, there was one bathroom on the corridor and uh, only, you know, you had girls dorms and boys dorms. And if ever, uh, ever a guy had to come on your corridor to deliver something heavy, and sometimes they did, they'd yell, you know, man on the hall, man on the hall. And so we would all have to get in our rooms and shut the door until the man got off, off the hall. So anyway, um, this, is what, this is what it was. And we had a curfew. We had to be in no later than 10 o'clock. Uh, and you had to sign in and sign out no matter where you were going. So we were going to the football game that day, and I signed out to go to that football game at 2 o'clock. So anyway, I'm walking with these girls, and I, I see um, Preston coming along by himself. So I spoke to him because we had a class together, and he said he had been with a group of guys, but somehow he had gotten separated from them and he, he was by himself so I said well come on along with them, with us and you know maybe you'll see them at the game well of course he did come along with us and he never left you know he just stayed <laughs> he just stayed and we talked and talked and of course he asked me out the following day and we would meet at the grill and so forth so for a while it was a way that I would see him at class, I would see him on campus, I would meet him at the grill, et cetera, et cetera. And he would escort me to things on campus. So that's the way it started, okay? That is the way it started. But we actually went steady together for four years in college. I didn't have another boyfriend um, after I met him. And I met him during my first year, so. What's the story about the train? Didn't you see him on the train on the way up? Yeah, to but I didn't know him. Yeah, I did see him on okay. the train. You want me to talk about that? <laughs> I mean, you can if you'd like to. Is it something you'd like to share? If you don't, you don't have to. No, it was. It's it's a fun story actually because the Silver Meteor was a train that ran from Florida to Washington, and. In September or August, when we were going back to school, that train was full of college kids going to school. They weren't all going to Virginia. Some of them got off in North Carolina. Some of them got off in South Carolina, depending on where they were going to school, okay? Mm -hmm. But we stayed up all night. You boarded that train at 12. I boarded the train at 12.05 midnight. I remember that. Stopped in Columbia, South Carolina, and got, got on. Said goodbye to my family and, and headed off. Well, the train was already full, and, and the kids on it were going to stay up all night. We, we knew we weren't going to sleep. So you're getting to know people. And uh, I saw Preston. 
I don't think I knew his name then, but I, I knew or I found out that he was from Florida. He had gotten on earlier in St. Petersburg, Florida. So he had been riding for quite a while before it got to Columbia, South Carolina. But he was so cool, you know, he had a pipe. <laughs> and he would, was strolling down the aisle with this pipe, looking very sophisticated. So I thought, wow, you know. And he was a handsome guy. I mean, he really was good looking. So, I mean, I looked at him, of course. but Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but we didn't have a conversation on the train. I found out later that he didn't even smoke. That pipe was a <laughs> rock. You know? It's like the, it's like the fault in our stars. It's like what in the fault in our stars? He said he like put a cigarette in his mouth, but he never he never lit it. Yeah, well, his pipe wasn't lit either, but it was hanging from. I mean, did look very sophisticated. <laughs> I don't. We don't even know where that pipe is now. It worked, but. What were you going to say, Kaylee? Just so it worked. It, like, he was probably trying to be impressive, and he was impressive, so. <laughs> well, he was impressive, but I didn't know that we, that we were going to go anywhere at that point, you know, because there's lots of girls on that train who also were looking at him. <laughs> so who, who knows what is going to happen, right? So anyway, we get to Hampton, and it turns out that our schedule has us in a class together. I think it was speech. Oral, oral communication. And um, so I got to know that who he was. And, you know, we, we spoke to each other, but we weren't really talk-talking, if you know what I mean. We weren't having conversations. Um, so the only time I got to talk to him was when we were going to this football game. And he was by himself. And I just said, well, you know, you can walk along with us. And, and when you see your friends, you can go. I don't know whether he ever saw the friends or he just wanted to stay. But he never moved. I mean, he stayed the whole game with, with us and took me home. So that's kind of, as I said, the way it started. Um, and I guess what I want to say about dating um, from what I know about how it goes on today, dating was a couple thing. You know, it wasn't, people didn't date in large groups. You dated a guy and you got to know him. And if it was going to go anywhere, you developed a relationship. Now, dating for fun is different than having a relationship in which you learn to care about somebody. Um, so we dated enough until we started to, to care about each other. And I do remember the first night I got a kiss from Preston. I had been to the library and he had two and we were headed to my dorm. He was going to walk me home and it was under the tree next to the library. And I remember that. I will always remember that. Aww. How cute. Yeah. That's so cute. How cute, BB. Well, yeah, it led to all kinds of things. How would you know? I mean, you're, mar you're, ma you're married, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but we knew each other well. And I was not anxious to get married because you're I had, well, that, and I wanted to be. And he had some ideas about what wives should be like. I knew that. Um, but 
um, part of the thing was that when we graduated, I had only had that one boyfriend. You know, I didn't really know. I mean, I'd had fun with some other guys in high school, but I didn't really have a relationship with other guys. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, it's, it's you shouldn't hop into marriage if you only know one guy. I mean, you should you should at least look around a little bit. <laughs> so that's what I wanted to do and have a hot girl summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one is funny. Poppy got me an engagement ring. You know, it was a nice ring, and he gave it to me after graduation because he said we were going to get married. And I um, I did wear the ring for a while. I was teaching that first year. But then, you know, I was meeting other guys, too, and I wanted, to, I wanted some time to um, get to know some of these guys. So anyway, I gave him the ring back and said I wasn't ready to get married because he wanted to get married pretty soon. And um, he, t- he took it back. We continued to see each other on a... Um, on guess, and off? On and off basis, yeah. He was working in Washington. I was working in Virginia. And we had a mutual friend. And often, you know, we'd, I'd drive to Washington with um, our mutual friend, and, and we would go out, and we'd have fun, too. But... Um, I had moved out of the marriage column, you know, so um, it went on there for a while until, um, oh, it was like about three or four years. It was on and off. And finally, he said to me, look, we are going to get married. <laughs> we are going to get married this year. That was 1959. <laughs> we graduated in 1956. And uh, he just told me this is the year we're going to get married. So, you know, we didn't plan a wedding. We just eloped. I mean, I was working in Connecticut and I drove to D.C. And my good friend, Andrew Lapp, you've met her, Mm -hmm. and her husband stood with us. We did get married in a church. Um, And afterwards, um, we went out to dinner. And then we went, he had an apartment in Washington. so, So then we adjourned to his apartment. And we called our parents the next day, and they were absolutely furious, both of them. Of course. Because they didn't know, you know, (laughs) that that we were going to get married. Um, I think that um, Mamia Preston's mother had the hardest time because he was her only child. And um, she she was pretty angry at me. She was sure that I had finagled him, (laughs) you know, and um, took me a while to work that out. But. But anyway, that's the way it happened. Uh, and you're married still 60 years. plus years, 62 right. years. And my favorite story. And I have never, I have never uh, regretted that. That's good. That. Poppy's great. <laughs> Poppy's great. But my favorite story is the one he tells me with the steak. You, <laughs> you remember that story? Yes, I do. Do you want to tell it? <laughs> Well, yeah, there's another one, too. When we were in college, um, I had a birthday. That's what it was. I had a birthday. And we had gone out to this place. It was it was not really a fabulous place. You know, it was just a little place that it was, the steaks were cheap and college kids went there and ate. And we never had any money, of course. Um, so anyway, he was going to take me out to dinner. 
Well, the thing was that he had enough money to pay for my dinner. He didn't have enough money to pay for his. So we went to the place and he bought my dinner. And he was thinking that since I never ate all my steak, that he would get the rest of it. Well, that night I did. I ate all the steak. And it was good. I mean, it was just extra good. And so... Didn't leave him anything. Yeah, he didn't, well, he didn't, he didn't have anything. Bless his heart. He went hungry that day. So um, he was so disappointed. But, but, I had, but I enjoyed the steak. But there was another one. You know, he is just a person with a kind heart and very thoughtful when we were in school because he wanted me to go to a dance with him. I think it was his social club giving the dance. And I said, yeah, I, I, I would go. Um, I had a dress that my mother had made, but I did not have an evening bag. In those days, girls carried an evening bag. And, and I had seen this very pretty gold evening bag that I would like to have had, but certainly did not have money enough to buy. And so I had mentioned this to him. And, you know, he, he listened and so forth well. The night, I don't know whether the night of the dance, the night before the dance, he came to pick me up and he brought me that evening bag. And I tell you the truth, I was so, um, I was really moved by that, that he thought enough. And I knew he didn't have money to. It turns out he borrowed money to get that bag from me. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, it was just such a sweet thing to do. So. No, he was really my sweetheart. Yeah. Poppy's so sweet. He is he is a dog. Do you still have that bag? You know, it's packed up in my cedar cloth, my cedar chest downstairs. Okay. I do still have it. Okay, yeah. perfect. I was like, you better have that thing. <laughs> he didn't even have the money to buy it. Oh, Poppy's my favorite. <laughs> and he still he's still surprises you like with your birthday this year during the pandemic when he got you all the coloring book and markers and you've been coloring all the rest of the year actually you still color she likes to color uh mandelas i do i've done a mandela for everybody in our family and my aunt and my mother you know so i got to do one for my brother i haven't done one for him yet but it's coming i got one for you yeah, you did show me that. Yeah. Kaylee, do you have any questions for her? Um, okay, so I this is the question that I added to the outline, but what was your worst first date and what was your best first date? My worst first date. Kaylee, I really can't think of having a worst first date because when I was in high school, I had to sneak them out, you know? <laughs> they were um, all... Because you were sneaking them? Oh, no. You know what? I do remember what my worst date was. I was sneaking, and, and I was, I got in trouble, too. Because um, the guy I was dating had gotten his family car. And he took me out to someplace. Like God knows where that was. But it was someplace dark. And he told he told me that... Um, what he wanted me to do, or I would have to walk home. And so... So you walked. I walked, you're right. Absolutely. I got out of the car and I started walking. I said, I'm not, that's not happening tonight. So um, I was going to walk. And I had no idea. I mean, I did know that if I walked far enough, I'd get to a bus stop. I thought that. 
But I was going to have to beg to get on because I don't think I had money for bus fare. Nevertheless, I got out of the car. Well, it scared him. That scared him to death. And so he kept going along begging me, please, to come get back in the car. He was sorry. He was sorry. Well, of course, it took a whole lot of time and it was way past my time to be home. So finally, I did allow him to drive me home. Well, my mother was furious and worried because she didn't know where I was. So I had to tell her the story. Well, she, of course, really lost lost it. And she called his mother <laughs> and, and told her what had happened and exactly what he had done. And his mother was upset about it, too. So she got on his case and told him he had to go and apologize to my mom and to me. Well, I wouldn't see him. Uh, he came to the house. I remember that, and I was glad my father was not at home because my dad was a my dad was a mess. I mean, he just didn't like to have guys around. He didn't want boys hanging around our house. So anyway, uh, he came and he apologized to my mother, and he said he really cared a lot about me, and you know he was sorry he did that. He knew he was wrong and so forth. But it was a while before I would talk to him again. Um, but um, my mother did tell him that um, she would she would forgive him, but she really didn't like what he had done. And it was very disrespectful, which it was. So anyway, he tried hard to make that up. But that was the worst date, Kaylee. Now, the best date, the best date. You have to say Poppy. No, oh. actually it wasn't. Honest. <laughs> the best date was a young man who went to Benedict College that I just really was uh, had a crush on before I went to college. He played football. He was smart as a whip, knew all about math. And first he started, he went to our church. So first he started out as my big brother. And, but, you know, I, I wanted more than that. Um, but, you know, he was really a sweet person and... Um, he taught me a lot of stuff. I mean, taught me stuff that I didn't really know before and actually gave me some comfort about doing some work on the college campus. So sometimes um, I would go to the Benedict Library instead of using the local library or my school library because he had introduced me to that, you know, and where to look and how to look. And so he, he was really a good influence in my life. And um, he became, he went to service, but he came back and went to medical school and became a doctor. Um, I sometimes think about him and wonder what he's doing, but he's still alive and he still lives in Columbia too. But but those were the good dates. Okay. He used to tell me I was a hammer. What does that mean? Well, that meant that I was sharp. Oh. Are hammers sharp? I, I, I was like, when he say a knife? No. No, they just say that expression on the college campus when a girl was was sharp and and self assured, she was called a hammer. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never heard that saying before. Well, now you heard it tonight. I learn something new every day. Yeah, I right. guess I'm not smart enough. No one's ever called me a hammer before. <laughs> me either. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh God. So now let me ask you a question. Okay. How does this description differ from 
the dating that you now do in the 20, 21st century, the late 20th century, say, starting with your high school career. In... <laughs> Kaylee, I think you got to start first because for me, like high school and college is like non-existent because in high school, I went to an all-white school and they don't like black girls. So I was minding my business. That's not true. They're white guys. I mean, no, 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 I'm not saying everywhere but I'm saying where I was located that was a no so I minded my own business and then like well in college like also like I've been minding my own business and my thing is I'm not opposed to dating at all but my thing is I actually have to actually like you because (laughs) I don't want to waste my time I'm so sorry like let me ask you something. How do you know if you like somebody? I mean, if you don't don't associate with them at all. You know what? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> but like, even if I feel like nowadays people like hit on you and like, hey, like you want to go on a date, blah blah blah. But I'm like, you can already. I don't know about you, but Kaylee, but you can already tell. Like, no, no, it's not gonna work. Oh, yeah. Just as a principal, like, I tend to not like people who like me first. <laughs> it just, it doesn't, it works out better if, like, I pursue them first and then I win them over. Because, like, I don't know, that, that just works better. Because then I know I like them. I don't have to worry, like, do I just like them because I like the attention? Or <laughs> do, do I actually like them? But if I like them first, then I know, like, um, like, with my current boyfriend I knew I liked him because like we could talk for hours and um we still could talk for hours and uh like we always say like oh we could just be like watching paint dry and just we could just still have fun so and that's the first person that I've ever really felt that way about so that's kind of how I knew and also like the other reason the other time that I like knew for sure I liked him was because we well we met at work in Philadelphia and we all had this very terrible boss who was, like, just completely incompetent and inept, among other things. Um, But he also would make, like, very, like, sexist and racist comments. And um, my boyfriend, who was my coworker at the time, like, gathered all of this information from all of the people that we worked with and wrote this scathing review uh, that was probably, like, at least, like, 2,000 words. But he just talked to, like, the entire staff about, like, their experiences with him and then wrote it all down and put it very eloquently why he should be fired and not ever hired back to work at this organization um what happened uh he was this guy was fired and as far as i know he's not gonna be asked back um because he and and also like he knew our boss's boss and our boss's boss was really cool and she really liked him and so um he turned it into her, and yeah, and and that's all she wrote. I don't think this guy has been hired back or will be hired back, but that's how I knew I I liked him like for sure is because like he just he cares about other people, um, and and yeah. But I it wasn't like like BB sounds like she had a lot of fun with like the dating experiences and there's a lot of like in person memories and stuff. I sent this guy memes for like a year before we ever actually went out on a date. So it was- What a... did you do for a year? Can you explain memes to her, Kaylee? <laughs> so, 
So mm-hmm. memes are just like they're basically just pictures with captions and and they can be anything. They're but like no. memes, memes. I got it. Okay. Okay. A lot of times they're funny. Um, so. <laughs> Well, yeah. we didn't. We didn't have that kind of technology, you know. We didn't have that. And if a guy was going to call you, he'd call you on the phone at home, and everybody was around there listening to what you said. So, <laughs> you know, you had you couldn't get two. And the other thing was the first phones that we had were party lines. So sometimes the whole neighborhood was listening. Oh, <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> I think there were five yeah, people on our line. And the lady next door, whenever the phone rang, she, you know, everybody had a different ring. So you knew when it was your ring, but she listened at everybody's ring. She didn't have anything better to do? No, she wanted to. And she was a gossip on top of that. So, oh, yeah. Kaylee, I don't know about, about you, but like, definitely, like, I mean, with one thing I've noticed with the pandemic, some people have been like using dating apps a lot more. But also, like, that has definitely, I've seen, like, TikToks and stuff, people talking about how it's definitely, like, put a damper on, like, their dating life. Um, And I think, like, a lot of people are using, like, dating apps and stuff this year. But for me personally, like, um, I'm graduating in May, and my main focus has been school. So, you know, I told myself I'm graduating in four years, and I am. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm kind of suspicious of these dating apps because you don't know who it is. I mean, you really can't tell anything about it. I don't think. This is my opinion. I don't think you can tell anything about anybody meeting them online or whatever because they can lie, you know, and they can give you pictures that aren't even them. And I, frankly, I think young women take a chance when they go off to meet somebody that they have been corresponding with online, they often find out it's not who they thought it was. You know, that person Mm -hmm. is not who they thought it was. (coughs) But, you know, we we, we like to do things like, like music was a big deal. And we danced. I mean, we had good steps and we danced. And um, the school would sponsor... um, parties and dances and you know you you didn't miss that and football games and and basketball games and um one of my dates was really a good basketball player and I like to go and see him play and you know the whole thing was afterwards you'd wait and he'd get his shower and walk you home uh but I mean they were innocent things when I think about it now but uh but they were fun Mm -hmm. and you were doing them with and you get to know each mm-hmm. other. That that's the big thing. You know, I I don't I don't think I would want I mean I had five, four or five years of no poppy and know what to expect, you know, and to feel comfortable about that. Kaylee, um, I was just thinking about your comment. You said you it's when guys hit on you first, you're like, I know, like you have to know you actually like them. And I'm just thinking about like it's always the people you don't want <laughs> to hit on, you, that hit on you. Like that has happened multiple times. Like this, I'm looking back. What is hitting on you? What this do you is, mean by that? Okay. So this is a crazy story. Freshman year, I was minding my own business and I was at a volunteering event. Kaylee, you know this person's name and I'm not going to say the person's name. But anyway, I, I, I was uh, at a, 
you know the person's name. I was at, a, I'll tell you later, but we were at a volunteer event and I was with my friends and we were at a station and like we were outside. It was a Halloween like type of uh, volunteer at the zoo. And so you're handing kids candy and stuff. So like this person happened to be like an officer in one of like the clubs I was in. And so he's like, oh, can I have your Snapchat? And I was like, sure. Like, you know, whatever. Like, people ask for your Snapchat and then y'all never end. Like, you never talk. You It's just a thing you ask for. So this kid actually ends up, like, texting me through Snapchat. And I was just like, oh, God. So, and it was actually, I was creeped out because he's like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, like, doing my homework, blah, blah, blah. Because I was, you know, minding my own business. Or I was like, I'm hanging out with my friends. This guy was like oh yeah get that degree baby like something baby bubble I was like sir like please don't call me that like do not and then I was saying he was I didn't I didn't say that later but he's like oh like do you want to hang out and I was just like uh like you know sure so then (laughs) he was creeping me out we had planned we had picked a date. We were going to go see this movie and he didn't have a car. So I would have had to go and pick him up and then drive to the movie theater. So I'm like, and then let me tell you all the other thing. This kid was four years older than me. So I was like, huh? I'm like, why, Wait, you, why are you I, not a freshman? I, I think that's weird. I'm a place for love, freshman. Fresh meat. No, thank you. Um, freshman. I heard what you, <laughs> I heard what you said, but this kid, like he was like, it got to the point I was like, please don't call me baby, like that's very creepy. I don't know you, da da da, and I, and then he's like, oh, I just wanted to be friends. I'm like, obviously you didn't because you were saying these things and it was creeping me out. And then I said, I was, he's like, oh, after I called him out and said you're creeping me out, please leave me alone. I texted him. And I was like, we're just in case you didn't understand, like, we're not going to see that movie because I was, you know, when you get like creepy vibes, I told, I was like, my friends were like, my friends also wanted to see that movie. So my two friends were like, Oh, you know, we'll go too. And we'll not sit by you or whatever. He was like, gay. He was like, Oh, you know what? Why did they have to come? Like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, why are you getting upset? Like they weren't going to be sitting like, First of all, I'm the one driving. <laughs> so I'm the one with a car. <laughs> I was like, uh, I, I told the guy, I was like, just in case you didn't pick this up, like, we're still not going to the movies. And, like, <laughs> and I was just like, I realized later that this person, like, he only hit on freshmen. Like, it was just very, like, he hit only on freshmen. It was so creepy. And I'm well, so glad you. I never went <laughs> on a date or to the... Did, uh. um, there are several thoughts that occur to me when you, when you talk about that. Uh, it's not unusual for upperclassmen to hit on freshmen, but sometimes they mean to miss you. But it's typically guys who are hitting on freshmen. It's never... It's never a senior girl like preying on a freshman guy because but it's a I'm guy. sitting here. This no, no, that's not true. There was there were senior girls that went after Preston and they were just mad as mad mad at me as they could be, and they were older than he, but they sure did like him. That's, but was he a freshman? Yeah, he was a freshman, and they were seniors. That's so interesting because, like, I don't really. Yeah. Kaylee, did you see that on campus? I mean, I saw it. I feel like I've seen everything because, like, things are so different now. But... Oh, true. 
<laughs> but you know, I think that the the culture was different too, because you know, um, Preston was not a guy from the streets. He just wasn't. Um, his language or anything would tell you that he had been around people who, you know, took pride in themselves. Now, when the guy is calling you baby from the first thing, that that's street language. So I don't want to talk too much further than him either. But I will say this. Um, you know, if you are an attractive young woman and you... Um, you bear yourself, carry yourself in a way, you are going to, guys are going to be attracted to you. Men don't always know how to approach a woman. I found that out because they have a brother, you know, I learned that. Um, they don't always know how to just say hello and sort of move from that, which the best way to do is sort of find out about you, like ask questions, okay? Always ask questions before you make a comment. Find out where they're coming from. Where have they been? What do they know? What are their major interests, etc.? That will tell you whether that's somebody that you want to know further or not. If they don't share things that you're interested in, you're not going to get too far. So that's one thing. Great um, advice, BB. Great advice. But, but it's true. I mean, that's true even now. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm looking for boyfriends. But... I hope not. <laughs> No, I'm not. <laughs> so. Well, is there anything else you wanted to share, BB? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, I've shared enough, don't you think? Yeah. I but, think you that... know, Poppy and I shared a lot of common interests. The, the one thing that we um, clashed on, if I can remember this right, was the, his interest what I saw as exceedingly um, intense was his interest in photography. And, you know, uh, when we, when we, we both wanted to have a house, and so we got together, saved our money, and we bought a house. By the time Uncle Alan was born, we were able to move into a home. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to buy photographic equipment. Which is and, expensive. you know, it's expensive. Yeah. Well, the first thing he did in the house now downstairs was not was not completed. We had a basement, but it was not finished. I had put in my washing machine because I had diapers to wash, you know, and so I needed to wash and dryer. So we we got that much. But I thought he might finish the basement. The first thing he built was a dark room. Okay, at the house in D.C. At the house in D.C. <laughs> he built a dark room. So all right. Well, I thought that maybe after that I'd get what I wanted. No, no, no. He was spending some time in that dark room. So I learned I had to respect that. Uh, and he had he had photographic friends who would, you know, come over. They spent a lot of time. And, of course, he spent time at their house, too. Um, but sometimes, you know, when you wanted to have private time after dinner or quiet time or whatever, he was in the photography lab. And that was that got to be a problem. It just got to be a problem. <laughs> so um, we would we would argue about that. That was the first. Those were the first arguments that we had. Um, Even in this house, there's dark room. 
Yeah, but I don't care as much now. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even really go to the dark room as much anymore. Well, he doesn't, but he stays on the computer down there a lot. I mean, but you're on the computer also. But let me I wait. I want to share something too. One thing I like, I love observing about your relationship, is I love how he he isn't intimidated by you. He lets you shine, and he lets you do what. I mean, he doesn't let you, but I mean, I like how when you were getting all these raises and getting these promotions, he was letting you shine and not like trying to dim your light because I feel like a lot of people are intimidated by strong, independent women and he's not intimidated by you. And he, you guys have your own separate hobbies and you do your own thing, but you guys have stuff that's you have in common that you love to share. Like you guys both have a love for art because just, Right now we're doing this interview in your house and I'm looking around. You guys have all these photographs and all these sculptures and you guys love to travel together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know, actually have intelligent things to talk to each other because some people like you just don't have anything to talk about. Like, how's the weather? And it's like, ugh. but I also um, you're very independent, BB. And I like. I think it's funny. This is one thing that I thought was funny is how your house is laid out. So his office is downstairs. His dark room is down there. His office is down there. His speakers are down there. His TV with the surround sound is down there. And then up here you have your office and it's the books. It's the, the research. And I think that's just great that you're able to thrive together and not have someone who is, who makes you unhappy because I feel like a lot of times people, the only thing they have in common is that y'all are raising your children. And then after they graduate high school and leave the house and you're like, yo, you have nothing in common. And I just, I don't know. I really admire your relationship. And I think the one thing also that gets on your nerves is when the temperature of the house, (laughs) the temperature of the house, it is hot in here and he's very cold all the time. So BB will be like, oh my God, it's so hot in here. I'm dying. Well, that that is, is a more recent thing since his surgery. And he has had this back surgery that has put a um metal. A metal thing in his back. And and he is, I mean he gets cold. I got him an electric blanket. And that helps, but he wraps up in that blanket and he's got it on high. I mean, I can't stand it on high. So, but it's a good thing my side doesn't have to be as hot as his side. But, you know, you have to make peace with those things. One of the things I'll just say is that um, when I was growing up, I used to think love was all about romance. It's not. It really is not. It's about it's really about understanding and commitment and appreciation for each other. And, you know, you learn to do that over time. But whoever is the partner has to be open to that. Um, <clears throat> and that that wasn't always true with us because when we got married, um, I, I had a job and... Um, Preston had a job. So we both <clears throat> both were working during the day. I helped him when I could, and certainly I was working with the campfire girls, and so a lot of times I had to take them on weekend camping trips. He'd go with me, which was fine. Um, 
we'd camp out and, and um, he'd help me with the programs and that kind of thing. But he had an idea about what a wife should be that sometimes got in the way uh, of, of the kind of um, idea I had about who I was and wanted to be. Um, I mean, I, I, I was never the kind of person who saw myself staying at home and, um, I mean, full-time. Being a full-time mom, I figure I can handle kids and I can work too because I needed that kind of simulation. And um, I, I chose to have jobs that I could have freedom to move. So when, when Alan was born, uh, there were many times that I worked at home. I mean, and Alan was, Alan was in his playpen or crib, but I could, you know, I could attend to him at the same time that I was doing because a lot of the work had to be done on the telephone. Um, and I traveled. My mother used to tease me and say that uh, Alan was born driving because I stayed in the car all the time, going someplace. And he had his little, um, he had a car seat, but he also had a um, car bed. So if he wanted to sleep, he could be in the back seat in his car bed. That sounds uh, nice, a car bed. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is that you work it out together. Now, Preston didn't always agree with these things, but he went along with it, I think. Um, I think he went along with it because he loved me. Okay. I mean, I think it was as simple as that. And he learned to live that. But that's not the idea he started with. I definitely, from the stories you're telling early on, I definitely see some changes. Because especially like when you were getting your doctorate, he was watching. Oh, yeah. I could never have done that without him. Without him. No. Without all of them, actually. I gave them all credit in the dissertation. They're all, their names are all in there. Alan and Anthony, too. Although when I would come home. Sometimes I had to stay overnight. And when I would come home, Anthony, your dad, would climb up on my lap and say, I haven't had a decent meal since you <laughs> I mean, he would throw a guilt trip on me like you never heard. He still knows how to do that. Does he know how to do that? Mm. <sighs> but we survived. And thrived, would and you say? Thrived. Yeah, and thrived. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I always love to come over and interview you. It's always an entertaining time for sure. And I always, I always learn something new. Now, what did you do um, tonight? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know any of this stuff about your dating life early on. I don't know why I thought, <laughs> like, I knew you went on dates, but I never, I never thought like, I mean, after I knew you guys broke up all the time, but I didn't know it was because you wanted to date other people. I love that. She's I like, love that. I was that- like, I wanted my summer free. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I no, no, no. I definitely agree. I just thought it was so funny because I just, I mean, you guys have been married for 62 years. I'm like, there's no doubt. Do you know the engagement ring that Poppy brought for me when I was just out of college? When we actually got married, he had lost it. He didn't know where it was. So I've never had an engagement ring. He had this one designed. He designed your wedding band. Right. And he did it with your birthstone. With my birthstone. And I love it. Handcrafted. Yeah. 
but the one that I was supposed to have, I don't have. <laughs> Do you think he returned it? No, I don't think he returned it. I think he didn't know where it was. <laughs> you know, when you move, things get moved. And lost. Yeah. And I took so long to make up my mind, so I didn't have anything I could fuss about. Kaylee? Do you have anything to say? Um, no comment. <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much for joining. And I think we should just end it here. <laughs> and we'll probably have BB back on another episode, no doubt. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, yes. I'm disappointed, Kaylee, that your grandmother wasn't here. She would have had some interesting things to share. Yeah, I know. Well, she also dated around in high school, but then... um met my grandpa pretty early they got married when they were 19 oh were, bless their hearts oh so young yeah but yes yeah, and how did. long have they been married um they were married for like i think 50 years and my my papa passed away about three years ago now oh so, but yeah so we miss him a lot um we like we've lived with them off and on my whole life so uh, we're really close to my grandma, and we were really close to my papa. Um, but yeah, they were they were together a long time, and um, yeah, they were a good match. My grandpa would always offer food, and my grandma would be like, "Jim, we don't have any of that." So, <laughs> <laughs> like, my grandma would cook, and my grandpa would offer it, and sometimes, like, he didn't always know like what <laughs> she had actually made or not. So that was kind of funny. He'd be like, "Cause grandpa would offer one thing, then we'd have to double check with grandma to make sure it was really there." But yeah, they were they were good friends too. Um, so well, I was really looking forward to meet her, you know, and um, and hear her conversation too. Yeah, she um had to go to Florida. She's hanging out with her friends right now. Oh, Word of Life is where she has a trailer. So I really wanted to do the podcast with her, but she was packing and she was kind of busy with that so maybe someday i can grandma's on the go for sure yeah she's yeah. Busy. She a lot of friends a lot of friends like <laughs> well grandma's now not like grandma's used to be what were grandma's like what were grandma's used my to grandma be? Mm-hmm. my grandma stayed home all the time she was completely devoted devoted to her family i remember my grandmother both of them actually one of them was a farm lady and very skilled a lot of common sense. She's the one who was, was part Indian and um, little lady. But boy, she had plenty of power. And um, I remember well. But, I mean, she would never have, a, a career would never have occurred to her, you know. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather, my mother's father, used to say that, um I would never get married because, number one, um, I didn't use perfume. And he thought that was important. And um, something else he told me, I was, oh, I was too talkative. I was too talkative. So that he said, I'd never find a husband. Well, obviously he was wrong. So anyway, thank you for joining (laughs) for the third time. We will have you back on the podcast. Kaylee, do you have anything else to say? Besides, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, nope, that's all for tonight. Okay. Thanks, everybody.
Signing off. Thank you. Bye.